You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to episode 101 of the Run the Riot podcast. And today we got the privilege of uh, visiting again with my friend Sean Barnes. He was last on the podcast in February of 2020. That was episode 19. And now we're at 101. Man, time has flown. Uh, Go check out that episode 19 if you haven't heard it yet. Um, Lots of good stuff. In that episode, we discussed his uh, Triple Crown of 200s journey and his training. And uh, on this episode, we catch up with Sean to talk about some of the races he's done since then. And most importantly, his Iditarod 350 attempt in February and his his big plan at redemption in 2022. Man, we get to talk about the logistics of running in the snow and sub-zero temperatures and then having to carry all of your own equipment because it's self-supported, you're pulling a sled. Crazy, crazy. Um, But we also get a hint at his possible future plans after he finishes the Iditarod. And we're going to have another interview with him after that in February because I know he's going to crush it. So before we get started, uh, just got to tell you about a few races that you need to check out. First of all, in Arkansas, the Full Moon 50K, but it's not only a 50K, it's a 25K a 50K, and this year there's a 50 miler. Um, yeah, so check it out. Go to fullmoon50k.com. It is July 16th and 17th. And uh, check this out if you use the code RTR2021, you get 10% off. How cool is that? It's a good race. It starts at night, that's why it's the 16th and 17th. And uh, because it's hot, okay, it's a hot and humid race. But if you're planning on doing the Arkansas Traveler, which I know a lot of you are doing that in the area for um, get your Western States qualifier, this is uh, just a great race to get out there. Get its same start and finish as Traveler, uh, just to get out there and and learn the area. Um, It it goes a little bit different direction, but you can kind of learn some of the terrain, just some of the area. It's it's a great race and it's fun. Put on by some of my friends who are just awesome and hilarious, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, the proceeds of the race, um, as well as all donations, are going to go to the Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund. And what that is, it helps high school cross country teams in Arkansas with equipment purchases. And um, in and it, it's these teams that are in low income areas. So that's a great thing. And also, some of their funds go to the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund. Um, it benefits the Arkansas chapter of the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. And uh, yeah, together we can end the stigma and end suicide. So check that race out. Also, you need to check out the Outlaw Race Series. My friends put on great races in uh, Oklahoma and even South Kansas. Uh, check them out. There, A lot of them, they're at... Um, uh, state parks and just really cool, different, varied areas. Check them out. You can go to www.outlaw100.com. And uh, yeah, there's a Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Kansas, uh, Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater, the new Greater Roadrunner Trail Run at Roman Nose State Park. That's in Watanga. Oklahoma, uh, the Flower Moon in Paul Huska, Dark and Dirty in Wilburton, Thunderbird in Norman, and of course, the Outlaw 100, which has the 135-mile race, um, 100-mile, 50-mile marathon, half marathon, 5K, and virtual. So check those out. In fact, we talked a little, we talked a little bit about it because uh, um, today's guest, Sean, uh, has run the Outlaw 100. And uh, yes, and we are also brought to you by Exoskin. Man, you know Exoskin. You need to get some. You don't have you don't have the Exo toes. You need to get some. All right, they're awesome. I love them. Uh, their shorts keep you from chafing. <laughs> they wick away moisture, and uh, like I say, they don't stink. Mine don't stink. After I run a hundred miles, my shorts smell nice, which is very unusual. So check those out www.exoskin.us use the code run the riot for a discount and last but certainly not least check out my friends at runners world tulsa you can go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com and check it out uh there's also they also have a bunch of local races that you can check out there Uh, but man if you're in the area stop by there they're awesome you need anything for running from 5ks to 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 
200 miles, man. They'll be able to help you get what you need from your watch to your pack to your nutrition to your shoes to your socks. Man, whatever. You need to go train in altitude. They've got a treadmill with an altitude tent over it that you can they put you on a protocol and you can you can run and get some of that altitude training before your race. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Check it out and uh, tell them when you get there that the Run the Ride podcast sent you. All right. Well, that's all the advertisements and me yapping. So uh, let's let's go ahead and talk to my friend, Sean Barnes. All right. Well, back to the podcast uh, since it's been since 2020, February. Uh, welcome back, Sean Barnes. What's going on, man? Well, thanks, David. I'm glad to be back. So so uh, you, you guys who are listening can't see, but, you know, I got I got Sean sitting there and he's got the nice Christmas tree behind him and it's all festive and he's wearing a sweater, man. It look, looks good. Yeah, there's a big difference between uh, living in the upper Midwest and, you know, Oklahoma, where you are from temperature wise. And so, yeah, we were, and I thought we were supposed to have like a really cold time, but like it got up in the 70s today. So, oh, that's, uh, yeah, where, where uh, are you? Where are you right now? Um, right now, actually, uh, I, I spend the summer in Breckenridge training. OK, um, Colorado. I enjoy that. And then uh, I moved in with my girlfriend in um, the western suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. So yeah, we all, yeah, we need to make a note and talk about Turkey trot too. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put a little, put a little, a little bookmark there, but right. okay. So last time we talked, uh, man, it was a lot's happened since then the world's gone crazy too. But, um, so last time we talked, you, we, uh, we had you and Nicole on your coach, Nicole, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name again. <laughs> I had it before, but I forgot. Um, and so, uh, we talked about triple crown and man, um, I just want to encourage people. I think it was episode number 19 to go back and listen. If they want to hear, um, we could, man, we talked about, uh, your pre- preparation and just the whole process. And evidently I didn't listen to it real well because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we had issues, but, uh, it, it was a, it was a great podcast. Uh, love just getting to know you through that. And, um, you know, since then you and I have, you know, actually met up at a, at a race and got to visit a little bit more, but you've been doing, um, even through, through COVID you've been, you've had a lot of things going on. And so right after that podcast, in fact, the weekend that it came out, you were doing, uh, outlaw, the outlaw 100. And, um, so, you know, since we were, we want to kind of cover the journey that you've had since then. And that's just, just a small part of it. I love that race uh, for numerous reasons. Start of the year, a great way to set the tone where your year is going to look like. Yeah. And it is challenging. It is a very challenging course and good, great, good group of people, great race directors. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to, you know, spend a fair amount of your, your hundred miles hiking, you know, pretty fast, uh, this is the race for you. So, yeah, yeah. And that's, and, uh, you know, at some point I'd like, to, I want to do it. It's all, it just always ends up on our, um, you know, Valentine's day weekend and my anniversary weekend. So I hadn't got permission to do it yet. So. Yeah. I, I, I encourage, you know, everyone to do it from the standpoint of I kind of the old school races. Yeah. yeah Outlaw 100 is not old, not, doesn't have a huge history, but it's the same kind of feel you, you can stay at, um, on site, uh, they have bunkers, very inexpensive, all yeah. these bunk beds and you sleep right there, I think is like 20 feet from the start starting line. So you can have a really good night's sleep. Um, when I would did it, uh, they also provide a pancake dinner the night before. Nice. And so you get a chance to really hang out with runners yeah. um, before you, you know, toe the line. So nice, nice. Well, you, you got, you got it done and, 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 you're, I mean, the times on that thing tell a lot about it. You know, people were finishing, it's a hundred miler and people were finishing, you know, in the thirties and, and hours on average, you know, it's, it's up there. It's a tough race. So, yeah. um, uh, so you did the triple crown and, and you, we started talking a little bit before I hit record, you did a triple crown. And then, um, you know, as I look at your ultra sign up, you know, we COVID hit pretty much, you know, right after, you know, all this is happening and, and races kind of went you know, kaput. <laughs> and so how did you deal with, 
you know, you had the triple crown, you did it and it, you, you, you did the outlaw, but how did you deal with like just the unknown, you know, like, I don't know, you don't know when you're going to race again. You know, you put all your eggs in, in, you know, and you've been racing and doing all this stuff. And I don't know, how did you deal with that? How did you just do life? Uh, I think I hit, hit me a little harder than most just being since um, after the triple crown, I, I mean, I had a great running year, right? That yeah. was my A race, triple crown. I put all my eggs in one basket, completed it. Uh, and then I, for maybe a few months, I kind of struggled to determine what I want to do next. I wanted a real challenging race. Um, I wanted something I was very proud of. Some of the hard ones that everyone talks about, like hard rock, they're very challenging to get into. You, you know, yeah. if you, if you, even if you meet the qualifications, they have a great running resume, does not mean you're, you're going to get through the lottery. So, um, um, for me that I signed up for untamed California untamed, That's right. it was going to be the longest, um, race in the 48 States. Mm-hmm. And, and I focusing on that. I moved in with my parents so I could wake up in the morning, run, not focus on chores or keeping up a house. And I, you know, they're, they, they've been a big supporter of my running for ever since I was probably in sixth grade. Yeah. And, uh, and then it was interesting. The race director called me up on April 1st and told me the race was being canceled because of COVID. Yeah. I actually thought it was a joke because I was in the process of moving out to um, Breckenridge for the summer to start training for it. Yeah. And I just could not believe it. And then I was kind of lost. Um, and I, I just didn't know what I was going to do because I, I was really wanting to focus on running. And, and of course, everyone's trying to be safe and do the right things. And, yeah. You know, living with my parents who are 80 years old, I had to be extremely careful. So I, I, I stopped all group runs, stopped socializing, stopped hanging out with anyone. I just kind of became a loner. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, um, I decided to take a, a long shot um, to apply for the Diderot Trail Invitational. Hmm. And it's interesting how that works. You, know, you apply to be in it. It's not a lottery. You get invited. Wow. So okay. it is, is you, just because you can pay the money or you think you meet the qualifications, you still got to be invited to the race. Mm. Um, put it in and I decided that I was not meeting all the qualifications and the race director said, well, you don't. Um, even though I thought I could possibly do it, I had the funds to do it. I had the resources. I had uh, um, the time and I've, you know, I really wanted to pursue an A race. Uh, so to to get even considered, I had to do the um, training camp beforehand. Mm. And so that's not a common approach. We do the training camp that year, then immediately go to the race. Yeah. So no promises were made, but I was hoping for the best. And so I, that year I just kind of, because of COVID, I signed up for a lot of races throughout the country. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. all over the place. And just because I didn't know which one was going to hit. I don't know yeah. which one was going to cancel, which would be hit. So sometimes I was signing for multiple hundred mile races um, uh, in the same weekend, different oh, wow. parts of the country. So, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did like uh, Daytona 100, um, uh, and then I, I did I did uh, Kansas Trail to Rails. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I did you know in various ones. Yeah, you were all over the place, time. man. Missouri, the Ozark Trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so my my goal was you know keep on training hard. Um, don't taper for the races, keep working hard. And, and so I get to the camp, you know, in great shape. So, um, so for, so for those who, I mean, a lot of people and most have heard of the Iditarod and they know it's, you know, it's, they, I, I don't know what comes into my mind is like snow, you know, cold right, and snow. Right. So, so just give a, give a description on what it actually entails, how, how far it is and, and what it looks like, because I've seen some of your getting right. ready for it and uh, it blows my mind. So um, yeah. So it's, you know, when people think of the Ditterod, they think of dogs, they think of the, yeah. the mushers, you know, on these dogs going all the way from Anchorage to Nome, Alaska and it has a great history. But there's also a human-powered version of the Ditterod where you have a choice between how you want to you know, get to the finish line. And you can do it through a uh, fat tire bike. You can do it through skiing or you can do uh, foot. Um, they don't call it running. They call it foot just because majority of your, the distance you're going to be, you're pulling your pulk. You're, you're hiking at a, a kind of a fast pace. Yeah. Um, you're, you may run at times to get warm. To you know, avoid frostbite, do the extreme cold temperatures, but you're mainly hiking. Um, 
is self-supported. So you got in that polk, which is a sled. So right. you keep in mind that you're like, you're almost like the dog from the standpoint of an additional did a rod race. The dog's pulling the sled, but in this case, uh, the human powered version, you're pulling the sled and in that sled is going to have your food. It's going to have your survival equipment. It's going to have your snowshoes, um, a sleeping bag, you know, that goes down to negative 40 degrees. Um, you're going to have your air mat, um, your foam pad, anything you may need to get yeah. to the finish line. And they don't publish a list of uh, gear that you, um, you should bring because you're supposed to be a well-trained endurance athlete. You should have winter experience. Um, you should have the right gear. Oh. Um, and so, and also every year is different. You can't tell what worked one year may not work the next year. And so, Wow. And uh, how, what's the distance? Oh, the distance is, uh, there's two, um, 350 miles is the standard distance. Okay. It's from, uh, Knick Lake, which is outside of Anchorage, Alaska to, uh, McGrath. McGrath is kind of in the interior. So if you ever look up, uh, McGrath, Alaska, like the weather app, you will see temperatures of negative 30, negative 40, um, wind chill, much colder than that. Uh, it, it is surprising um, how cold temperatures they get. So, so I guess, man, my question. Right, so, so, so you you felt drawn to this? I mean, it's, I, I get, was was it just the challenge of of getting ready for that? And and you know, well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, I in the car, I listen to podcasts when I run. I listen to podcasts before I uh, I go to bed. And you know, I started learning about these winter races. And you're living pretty much. My parents were living in in Wisconsin. So there, there are definitely um, the endurance athletes are drawn to them yeah. uh, because every year is different. We all know ultra running is challenging, but when you throw weather in there, it, yeah. it adds a different variables. There is the stories you have coming out of these races are pretty unique from the standpoint of, you know, athletes will get frostbites, you know, um, you know, self rescue to um, rescue by, you know, other means, uh, you know, this horror stories out there, but also there's like a lot of great ones where people do a lot to get through these conditions to make it to the, um, the finish line. So, yeah. What is, uh, what's the size of the field, uh, normally for, for yeah. 350? So, uh, I did, you know, when I, I attempted it last winter, um, yeah. I think there was, we told the line at maybe 11, okay. uh, foot athletes okay. um, this year. 14 people were invited for okay. the 350 for foot. Most likely with the time the, um, the gun goes, few people won't be on that list. So, you know, you have a very small number and you're going over 350 miles with, say, with uh, a dozen foot athletes, you're spread out. You're spread out. You may yeah. not see anyone for days. Uh, you got to be uh, ready to mentally prepared to be alone. And it's hard, you know, on our site today, we, we have cell phones we have, uh, you know, podcasts to listen to when it's that cold, your iPhone's not going to work. Your, your, pod, your uh, MP3 player is not going to work. You're out there and all you're going to hear is that crushing snow under your feet. And after a while, your, your brain will get tired of seeing the snow landscape, the, the frozen lakes and rivers. And it will, it, for me, I had a hard time because it was revoking us saying like, I, okay, this was great. You know, multiple days went by now, but let's do something else. And yeah. uh, you had to overpower that in one way or another. And so, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you did, you did the camp and you, I guess you at the camp, you, you, you proved that, you know, you were, you were able to be, you know, among the athletes invited, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. It, the camp was great. I encourage everyone if you're interested in go that way, go to camp. You learn a lot from everything from how to bivy, how to, uh, you know, self-rescue, what's going to happen if you got in the overflow, which, which is, is if when the uh, snow, all the lakes and rivers are frozen, of course, but when the snow gets really heavy, the weight of that snow can actually crack the ice and water can come up. You oh, know, wow. how do you get through that if you get wet? Yeah. Um, how to build a fire, how to, um, uh, you know, wide variety of you know, very useful things. And also they talk to you about the race and how to prepare for the race. So you, you sleep outside every night. There's no heat, you yeah. know? So uh, there's a, you bivy in a different spot every night. You give different assignments during the daytime. You learn how to use GPS. You learn how to use your stove, uh, how to melt snow. Um, 
wide variety of things. And then you pack everything in your sled for the day. And then you might be going along and, and the, the race director or camp counselor will say, okay, bivy right now. And he'll time you. Huh. And then he, and then he would have you bivy multiple times throughout the week at on odd times and you get better and better at it. Mm. And the purpose of it is that bad weather comes in, you can emergency get in your sleeping bag, prepare very quickly um, if you need to. And so, or change clothes or socks or whatever it may be. So, so um, ultra runners are, un- are your unique breed. Uh, so you go yeah. to this camp and you're finding all this stuff out, you know, this is like, I mean, survival. It's, you know, you're, right. you, you're trying to learn and, and you're still in. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so it is, is, I mean, the camp was, was great. You know, yeah. I said, it was kind of interesting for the whole week. Um, I don't even, I never removed or changed out of my uh, long underwear, right? You're pretty much wearing the same outfits. Of course, you're not showering. You felt no heat. It will get down to negative 20. Um, you're building, you have to wake up really early in the morning. You have to melt all the snow to have enough water for the day. And of course, that water is going to freeze. And so you may have to stop and melt more snow. Uh, and so I, I made it through the week. Uh, the last day, the race director kind of wandered up to me and of course you have a bonfire at night, you socialize, yeah. um, and you do get used to the cold in some ways you're, you're always cold. Yeah. Um, but he said, you're in, he goes, <sighs> you did enough this week. Um, you, you're always volunteering. You know, there's one part they asked for a volunteer to go in the, the water. And then of course you have to you know, uh, put your dry clothes on afterwards. And you know, being in Wisconsin, I'm used to going in cold water. Uh, yeah. And also in Colorado, the cold streams, but I just did it with no complaining. And uh, I think that helped the matter. But usually you don't get invited the same year. Uh, yeah. COVID helped me a little bit from the standpoint, a lot of the international endurance athletes couldn't make it. Yeah. So the numbers were down. Yeah. And so they took a chance with me. I really appreciate that. And so, uh, so then I had roughly a week to, uh, I stayed in Anchorage. I had roughly a week to mentally get ready for um, the race. Um, wow. My girlfriend showed up. It was the strangest sight. I mean, they dropped me back in Anchorage after the camp and seen her in the hotel, all dressed up, flew in from Chicago. And I, I for, for having been in the wilderness for a whole week and not showered, and <laughs> I don't even know what I look like. You have no mirror. And I, it was such a strange feeling. And so, oh, but sounds- we, we had a great time. We played tourists. We hiked glaciers. We uh, took helicopter tours. We took some dog sleds out. They actually won the Diderot in the years past. Uh, we did a lot of great things that week before the race. So. Wow. So I, di- I didn't realize that because because I saw, you know, you were preparing and like I thought you were just preparing for the race. I didn't know all the things you were you were gathering yeah. were to go to the camp in hopes to get to the race. So yeah. that's wild. So um, tell me about just briefly, because it blows my mind, the equipment, like what did you bring with you? And then from the, the camp to the the race, did you realize you needed some things you didn't have and had to start? finding stuff yeah it is it, doing something like this um is not for is it, very expensive just yeah. to be completely honest yeah, um, yeah i wouldn't be surprised all said and done all my gear cost in a couple thousand dollars yeah um bringing all that gear maybe a few thousand if i really think about it from honest with myself right yeah so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Admitted. <laughs> yeah i don't want to, don't want to talk about it yeah. <laughs> The, the sleeping, and also I have I had lost help, right? I mean, everyone yeah. chipped in from my parents to my girlfriend, family members for holidays, etc. Sleeping bag alone may set you back six hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, the the gear is expensive. I remember bringing all that gear to Alaska, and bringing to Alaska that gear to ship it, the extra baggage fees and their odd dimensions was more money than my plane ticket. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. So the the gear you typically want is you have um, your trail shoes. I I stick with my trail shoes. I'm very comfortable with running wise. Um, You're going to have a sock liner. You're going to have a thicker sock. You're going to have multiple pairs of socks throughout the week. Typically a minimum two, if you're trying to go fast, Um, you can maybe dry one out while you're wearing another pair. Mm -hmm. Um, You're going to have, 
your base layer. You're going to have your, your, your pants on top of that. Um, you want some, you know, down pants. If things are really bad and things are go bad for the weather and you need a bivy for a day or two, um, you need some really warm clothes. Yeah. So you, the down layers, I mean, it's almost the same stuff you're putting on an Everest. Um, and so the jacket itself are, are pretty filled with down material, but yeah. you, everything's in compression sacks is in your sled. Um, okay. you have snowshoes that you need to be very efficient with them, you know, going long distance in snowshoes. If you're not used to it, it, it can be a little, um, you can wear on your feet a little bit. So, yeah. so how did you, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, you did races all over the, the, the country and all in, in, in during the year. And like, how did you, I don't know, how did you train for that? I'm out. Okay. This is coming from somebody, you know, South Louisiana, Oklahoma, I don't <laughs> see snow a lot. And I'm right. thinking like, how in the heck would I, you know, I've trained for some st- stuff that's hard in our area, but like, you know, training to just to be in the snow training to be cold. Right. Um, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> great question. So, uh, um, I do sign for a lot of races. I don't always finish those races. You know, I try to pick one or two a races for the year and I focus yeah. on those. Um, so I was trying to do a hundred mile race, um, every month leading up to the Diderot trail invitational. Yeah. And that was just from a training perspective. You know, I may be hiking at some of that race, um, maybe running it, um, but I would not slow down. I would not taper for it. I was still keep lift, lift weights. Um, that was a big part of it. it was fortunately that we got some really cold temperature in Wisconsin. I was at my parents' place and I was pulling sleds, you know, there you can have a full harness, partial harness. I was loading that sled up with, um, uh, firewood and making okay. it really heavy and just pulling it. And you get used to pulling it in different temperatures. Um, if it's really cold, the, 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 the snow is rock hard, like cement. Yeah. And so your sled is like, sl- um, sliding really smoothly on top of it. Okay. May actually turn around, look to see if your sled's still there. So you'd be pulling 50, 60 pounds, no problem. Yeah. But if it gets messy for any reason, the snow is turned over or you're on a snowmobile trail and they kick the snow up, it, it's, you feel every pound of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Heavy. And so, um, so how, 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 do you, how heavy do you estimate for the race your, your sled was? Too heavy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at the, in the camp, um, they actually weigh your sled with all your gear in it. Yeah. They give you some uh, advice. And I did my homework for that race. I listened to all the podcasts. I listened to all the, the read the books. You know, I, I, I reached out previous athletes. You know, I was trying to spend an average one hour a night doing something besides training to get ready for the um, the camp and hopefully the race. Wow. That's, that's, that's huge commitment, man. Uh, on top of training. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I was spending training roughly twice a day. Um, and then that hour, um, in the night doing something. Um, and I'll typically drift to sleep reading a book or something like that about the, the history of the race or about previous people doing it. And so, wow. I mean, yeah, all in big time, man, all in. Yeah. So you, you, you make it, you get to the starting line. I mean, so you, I mean, you've put, and, and I listeners, you know, I, I can definitely relate to an extent and listeners can relate, you know, you get your a race, you pour all your training, you're doing, you're doing all your planning, your logistics, all these things just to get ready for it. And then you're at the starting line. Yeah. You're at the starting line of the, I did a rod. How does that, I mean, how does that feel, man? Yeah. I mean, you know, these athletes are, are unbelievable. They've climbed Everest. They've done things like row across the Atlantic ocean to Europe. They've done amazing, amazing things. You're like, I'm Sean. (laughs) (laughs) And and so you're just, it's really in awe by everyone. Um, You know, they're in special forces. They've done incredible things. Yeah. And to be honest, I, 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 at that point, I felt my vulnerability from the standpoint of, in my armor, I had a big hole and that was right around my heart from the standpoint of I was, that was going on my end of my third week in Alaska. And I started getting a little bit homesick and huh. like I, from living in, in a hotel for like the week between um, the camp and the, uh, the race. And my girlfriend was flying out that day and I really wanted to go home with her. And, yeah. and she was, Oh, I'll see you in, you know, I think it was like two more weeks. And I thought, wow, two more weeks of this, you know, and, 
And, you know, I, and it was hard from a standpoint of, um, you know, I like to think I'm a, I usually finish, you know, hundred mile races in the top third. Um, I just did, uh, uh, a race down, um, in Illinois and I, I, you know, I can do sub 24 hours, you know, I've, you know, I've done okay job at running yeah. and for the Diderot trail invitation, the, the trails are not marked. Oh. You got no GPS, it's, you know, you got to figure out the route yourself. Oh. And I started off, I felt great. I felt pretty confident. I was moving along, but even though I wanted to go back home, but I'm like, this is it. This is adrenaline's pumping. And then I just remember, and I, I thought, well, I was going to partner up with someone. And I kind of approached them. I thought, I follow this guy who's in the special forces. Nothing can go wrong. Right. <laughs> you know, he's in his DNA and he's done it before. And I'm in his DNA to like protect help is my, in all in my head. Right. You yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. well, we went one direction and I just remember looking back and no one went this direction. Ooh. I saw no other foot athletes. And I, I just like realized that I'm like, okay, uh, we powwowed for a second. I was staying with him at this point, you know, his pace. And uh, we decided to put snowshoes on and, and, you know, the pulling the sled over that um, snow and ice makes a lot of noise. And mm-hmm. so you can't really talk. You can't yeah. even hear. So you may have a, um, of course you have a winter hat on, right? And that's covering yeah. your ears up. The sled's making noise. You're spread out too, because the distance between the sled and the, the poles and everything. So you, you're not really talking. You're just following someone's headlamp. And so at times where if I had to stop for any reason, um, you know, I'm pretty much jogging, trying to, you know, get back up with them. Yeah. Uh, and so vice weird. versa, vice versa too. And there's checkpoints along the way. And we got to the first checkpoint and, and we're almost there that night. It's like roughly 35 miles apart. Uh, and all the foot athletes already were gone. So wow. the route they took, it was a, and those conditions was a better route to go. Oh uh, man. And it mentally, it was really starting to affect me. And, yeah. and I thought, wow, these cutoffs are pretty tight on this since COVID year. I, I may, I may, have a problem. Yeah. Um, and it, then we went through the checkpoint, we started going on and then, uh, at that I came into some overflow <laughs> and I'm like, I was in the lead of between us and I, my, of course, my shoes got wet my socks got wet my what? pants got wet overflow. That's, that's it coming, the water coming up. Yeah, okay. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we were kind of trying to follow everyone's footsteps and the bike paths, foot, um, the track, uh, the tracks, the bikes, yeah. And at that point we realized we couldn't keep following them because the overflow was too much. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I changed socks and shoes and even that's a little challenging, right? You know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in very deep snow and, uh, and you're trying to, there's no place to sit down. Yeah. You sit in the snow and maybe you might crush down even further. But <laughs> so we, we started moving on and we made, we became a, a, a laughing stock on the people following the race on the, um, internet uh, from the oh. standpoint of we made some really big circles <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that we are doing our new trail and we're going to get to this um the river and we're going to be okay with the river but and then we realized we saw some making big loops and we did it for hours and hours and then we got to the river and the you know the drop off the river was not as smooth as easy as we thought it was going to be um yeah and the river was was the snow was like um a little above your knee to your hip deep uh hip deep at times and so wow yeah and so was so, yes yeah so mentally yeah mentally that's that's tough you know to start kind of start off like that you know yeah, how, yeah. Uh, you know just from from the get-go and and um so yeah so you you, you guys get to the river you're 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 plugging on <laughs> yeah so at this point you know um we saw some bikers um it's interesting. You think a biker would a fat tire bike will always move along pretty quickly, but depends on the conditions. Yeah. We got a river. It was extremely deep snow. I mean, extremely deep. So now they have to, they can't ride the bike. So they can't even walk the bike. They actually have to pick the bike up, kind of put it above their head and throw it a little bit. <laughs> and then they'll get, then they don't, they don't have snowshoes like people on foot. Yeah, and they will climb over the snow and get to the bike and then do it again over and over and over. 
And uh, so you, we caught a lot of the bikers. Um, yeah. We did come cu- caught up to one person on foot. Um, she had frostbite in her fingers. Um, and the other so the approach in the, the race is you have to self-rescue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't put yourself out there um, in these kind of, at times, dangerous situation and expect to someone else to risk their life to come get you mm-hmm. uh, because you're doing something for pleasure, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is our privilege to do something like this. Yeah. And it's not as a side, we really don't need, um, you know, these races, but, uh, it's sure fun to do them. So, yeah. And you understand the risks when you, when you do it. Right. Exactly. So, uh, we got to the, the second checkpoint, um, and it was butterfly Lake. Uh, at this point I was mentally like out of it big time. I haven't slept for two days and it was still early in the race. Like I could, yeah catch up to everyone pretty much. Uh, but I haven't slept for two days and usually day and maybe a half is my limit. Yeah. I can go through hundred miles on a normal trail race. No problem. Not being tired, but get close to two days. I, I, I start kind of losing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so when we were kind of thrown off the trail. I, it's made some rookie mistakes and they call it the rookie year for a reason, right? You don't yeah. know better. Um, I stopped eating. Mm. Uh, I, I stopped drinking water. Um, I just pushed on, pushed on, pushed on and, um, Northern lights came out and I promised oh. my girlfriend one thing. I'll take a picture of the Northern lights for her. Yeah. I was so like stressed at that moment. I didn't even take my camera out to attempt to take a picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Man. Um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Two days in. And, and so, I mean, you had experienced you know, long distances with the, with the two hundreds and being out there, but, um, yeah, but being in the cold, the, the, are, are you navigating, you guys have a compass and, and hand maps in your hands or what do you, what do you carry? So you, you have a, uh, a GPS. Um, oh. what happens is, um, uh, you need one with traditional batteries, you know, lithium ion batteries. Okay. Because if you have a recharge one, first of all, I have no way to recharge it. Yeah. Um, and two, it will die on you because of the cold weather. Yeah. Uh, so you typically have, you have that, you know, it's not as user-friendly as an iPhone <laughs> by any means. Yeah. Uh, screens are like, like there's like they're very outdated, but it does work. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of basing off of that. And it's kind of funny when we try and get to the second checkpoint, I didn't really know if it was on these rivers are wide. I didn't know if it was on the left-hand side, the right-hand side. I didn't know what to really to look for, what this lodge, where am I supposed to be looking for? And, uh, and of course, uh, I was, I found out on the wrong side of the river. It's not like these rivers are so wide. You actually have islands inside of the, in the middle of the, the river. So I remember like circling back and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't believe I do this again, going backwards. Oh know? man. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So, um, so you keep going and, and I, I know, um, I'm trying to remember because I did look at the the stages uh, that you guys got up to, and and so tell me about kind of what was what what ended up happening. Yeah, so I got the second checkpoint, and it's uh, these second checkpoints are sometimes there are pri- private establishments. In this case, it was and the same one that the dogs use. Um, if you wanted to pay some money, you could uh, sleep in one of their beds for a few hours, or whatever however time you need. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is very interesting in Alaska. You know, this just checkpoint has uh, no running water. It didn't have any plumbing in it. I mean, I remember going to the bathroom and seeing two buckets and those buckets were completely full. And I thought to myself, oh, I'd rather go to the bathroom outside. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, no kidding. Uh, um, but, you know, it's a different way of life. You know, yeah. um, you know, amenities we take for granted, you know, it's not always the case in the in Alaska, right? So, yeah. And, and I get- uh, and- Let's go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to just say that the air, evidently the areas you're in, they're, they're remote, very remote, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I was, I, I made a lot of rookie mistakes. My stance was that I, you know, I was exhausted, tired, everything, but I was going to drop. Yeah. And at this point, you know, if you're going to drop, you got to make your own arrangement for a bush plane to come get you. It lands on the frozen river. Um, you kind of negotiate the price. Um, how much gear you have, how many other passengers, <clears throat> how fat the valley you want to get out of there and when. Um, and 
I shouldn't have done that. I should have like slept a few hours, thought about it um, before I made any rash decisions, but um, I should have some food, but yeah. Lesson learned. Dude, that's not, that sounds like, conversations I've had with myself after <laughs> some, you know, it was like the same thing. Like I should have just rested. I should have. Yeah. Hindsight's yeah, always 2020, right. but dude, so wait, uh, that I was going to ask about when you like, how do you, you know, how do you DNF out there? But so you, you, man, that that's a deterrent right there. You got to get your own plane. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're pretty much carrying with you up to like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, okay. And some of the Bush planes, you fly back to Anchorage. So we'll take a credit card when you land. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, I mean, they're not going to always come get you when you want them to. Right. Um, they'll buzz you over you where you're located. And, um, and there's, they'll make some runways out on the river, uh, on the frozen rivers for them to land on. And it's, it's a different approach, right? It's very, it's not a commercial um, airline like a Delta or a Southwest yeah. picking you up. Yeah. Yeah. Put your crap in the container, the thing right. there. I ain't carrying yeah. that for you. You, know, it's like- <laughs> I mean, you think about you're carrying fuel, fuel on you. You have a lot of gear. Um, yeah. You know, these are not cheap plane tickets. And so, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So, oh man. So man, you've, you've put all this time and effort and um, I don't know, man, when, when did you, um, do you feel like, mentally uh do you feel like it was just a more of a mental decision than a physical decision like looking back now do you yeah, think it, you, you think you could have like physically got I think a, I could. yeah, yeah. I, I was in great shape i mean i was yeah. in extremely good shape and as soon as i, I made a arrangement for the, the pilot to come get me i was regretting it i was afraid to uh talk to people at home who were tracking yeah i i heard rumors about comments were made about being lost by veterans who, you know, been there before and lived that yeah. experience. And uh, I, I knew my employer was tracking. I knew, you know, neighbors, friends, family members, ones that sacrificed as much as I did. Yeah. And, I, and I thought I started having regrets immediately and I yeah. knew I wanted to come back. I really wanted to. And it's a difficult road because the whole nother year away, you may yeah. not get invited. Yeah. Um, you have to do something different. You know, I listen to, I listen to a lot of your midweek motivations. I listen yeah. to them all, I really enjoy them. And, Thank you. and they'll, they'll always make me think. Yeah. And you're talking about breaking the cycle and doing something different. I kept thinking to myself, what am I going to do different this year? Mm. And I've made a lot of changes this year. And I think that I'm in, um, you know, better shape. And I think I'm, um, ex- very excited about going back and, you know, see what I can do. And so. Yeah. Well, well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, and thanks, thanks for the shout out on the midweek. Hey, cause I always <laughs> just share kind of what's on, what's on my heart at the, at the time. And, um, anyway, it's, it's, it, it posts, it helps me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but so what are you, what have you done differently? You know, you, cause you, you, you did a lot of reading, a lot of preparation, but there's no experience like, like being there, I would imagine, you know I mean? So, so what, what how, how have you prepared differently? Right. So I, you know, this, for this year, I did pick one A race as a Leadville um, yeah. to do that. And so immediately when I got back to the, you know, the Midwest, uh, I was going to start planning for the, trying to get back into the Diderot trail rotation for the next year. Yeah. And I knew that's what I was going to focus on. And so, uh, you know, I decided I, I did a lot of miles the year before. And I was looking at all the charts and everything. And who doesn't like a long run, long, long, slow run. Yeah. I realized a lot of those were junk miles. Um, I could do better. Um, I could go at a faster pace. I could make a better quality miles. So this year, actually, I'm going to have maybe a few hundred miles less than last year. Yeah. But uh, I've, they're much higher quality um, than I did the years before. I also, I really focused on my diet. Something about... Um, uh, in Alaska is that the first part of your body that gets cold is any area where you have fat on you. Really? Uh, so I'm pretty much a drop actually a fair amount of weight this year. Uh, I was always lean. Um, yeah. but how I did it was, you know, I had a lot of help. Uh, my girlfriend started, you know, everything from weighing out my food, counting my calories, picking my meals out, et cetera. Everything's tracked, tracked through my fitness pal, uh-huh. uh, which I started liking. Um, and I like that a lot from the standpoint of, I mean, we all love to train, yep. but sometimes when you do your two workouts a day, 
you still want to train mentally. You're really into the sport. You want to train harder. And how do you do that? Well, I, I like thinking I'm training by picking the right food mm. during my meals. I'm counting the calories, making sure I don't have too much to the right things. And uh, I, I had a great results. Um, I turned 50 in uh, uh, June and I kind of wanted, I had a really good, it sounds really vain, but I really wanted uh, for once in my life, have a good you know, stomach. And so yeah. uh, I, I, I can say I did that last summer. So nice. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll put a picture of your abs on the, yeah. <laughs> for the, for the podcast. Uh, so better quality miles diet. Um, yeah. And also I, I, I did move out to um, Breckenridge for the summer. Yeah. And I did a lot of, um, I guess not were a lot, but I did a lot of, you know, hiking um, mm-hmm. at altitude and really focused on kind of my head game from the standpoint of, you know, some of those 14ers take, take some time, right. Yeah. You know, maybe up to 10 hours and uh, depends what trail you do and where you're leaving your truck and all that stuff. And, you know, I try to, focus on no podcast, no, nothing to listen to just be there yeah. and not, and just begin just hike for a long periods of time. So, no, that's great, man. That's a, you know, so your, your physical, you know, your, your diet and, and, and your, your mind, man, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, do you feel, I don't know. Um, Cause after, after you fail in a race, like I remember when I, when I DNF Moab and, um, I re, you know, the regret, yeah. all the things, yeah. you know, I like, should have did this, all uh, whatever. It just miserable in, in, in my head. And, um, but like hunger stirred up, you know, yeah. do you feel, do you feel like more hungry this now than, than before? I, I like to think so. I mean, it's, I feel like I've done a lot, you know, um, you know, it's not a cheap sport. Uh, I'm actually going out to Alaska early mm-hmm. just to practice with equipment again, um, I'm doing a, a race, a hundred K in January. And so I'll go out to the, for that, do the hundred K, um, and just get comfortable with everything. Yeah. And then I will fly back here. Um, and then I will head back and the race is end of February. It's always one of the coldest times of the, <laughs> the year. Yeah. So, um, so I, I'm doing trying to do the right things, you know, to get ready for that. So, yeah, well, and, and we've talked about this before. So I, I'll, we'll be following, you know, following along and, and cheering you on, get, you know, sending you just, you know, just wanting you to, to, to achieve and stuff. And then, and then we're going to do a follow-up podcast afterwards. Cause you know, there's going to be the things oh, yeah. that, that, that worked well, that didn't work. And that, you know, that, I don't yeah. know, just, so yeah, definitely want to, want to have you back. Yeah. But um, so this is okay. So this is you, you've done the triple crown. Your, 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 your goal right now is that the, I did a rod and I, I don't want to, like, um, I don't want to look too far ahead, but man, like if when I'm going to say, when you get this, I did a rod done, then like, what are you going to do after that, man? What kind yeah. of, I mean, is the, Hey, is the California untamed? Is he going to bring that back? I know just it's been year after it, year. He's had to. Yeah. He, unfortunately, that race structure had a lot of bad luck. Um, yeah. you know, COVID first fires, fires next, yeah. um, and then even more fires. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's oh, still in his, um, my understanding, he still would like to do it someday. Yeah. He was a great, um, I had him on the podcast. Great guy. Really just a good, you know, I'd like to see him succeed, succeed yeah. in putting it on, you know, but, uh, but anyway, do you have, I mean, just like long-term, do you have any, any other? Well, it, it is interesting if you say that, you know, um, you know, it's somewhat a selfish sport in a lot of ways. Right. You know, yeah. um, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, we spend hours and hours alone. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, it, I don't run in a lot of running groups that often, yeah, um, mainly it's just because it's like, you know, I, like I said, I'm trying to focus on quality more. Yeah. And so you, at times you got to run by yourself. Yeah. Uh, I started, I usually get up at five in the morning and make myself go to the gym. I've been lifting weights mm-hmm. and then I'll try to do, um, a long run in the evening. Um, it, it, you're away from family and friends you're away from um you know social events you know it's almost almost very hard to even have friends unless your friends are all in the ultra world and you get to see them maybe for an hour or two before a race or maybe for an hour after a race and that's yeah. really about it so so yeah. I, I don't know how long i you know could keep on going at, at this level but uh, yeah. right now i sure enjoy it so 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're not getting any younger, but I want to keep doing yeah. something, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, oh man. Yeah. Well, um, man, I, uh, I don't know. I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you do and, uh, you've got, and, and I just want to put it out there. They, people can look at your ultra sign up. You've got a bunch of races on there that, that you have done. And I hope we can, um, hope we can be at a race together again at some point, man. Yeah, and then, uh, have a, have a good experience that silver heels was tough, but it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was really nice about, you know, even though there's a lot of runners out there, you know, there's, you know, a handful of runners that, you know, a travel for these races. Right. And it's, uh, I'm always amazed. I can show up at tunnel Hill, which is a few months ago. And, and then you're just kind of hanging out and then people pop up and you go, wow, I haven't seen this person in, in a couple of years, but you know, there's that saying that if you run a hundred miles with someone, yeah. you're friends for life. And it is a small network, you know, you, you exchange names and maybe everyone know each other in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, I, I love, I mean, you and I at, at uh, Silver Heels, you know, we, we yeah. hung out, we shared a room, we grabbed right. some grub at Breckenridge and just, you know, like, yeah. and you, you know, and so I know that's, that's, that's good stuff, man. It's, it's a great, great, uh, great group of people. Um, man, I did a rod. I have to say, I was talking to, to my wife before this, so I don't, I don't know if, if that would ever be on my list. <laughs> and in the same way that, um, I don't know that, uh, bad water. So those extremes, man, the yeah. heat and the cold, Hey, wouldn't that be cool if you did, I did a rod and then did bad water. I don't it's know. Funny you should... My goal is apply this year. It's one of those races. Again, it's very hard to get into. Yeah. And yeah. Number of participants is really low. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, I, there's a lot of winter races. Yeah. Um, Arrowhead, mm-hmm. Scobia, that you can get a chance to pull a sled and like, you know, bring all your survival equipment. It is pretty neat. And then you go to also ones in Alaska. Um, and when you see how worry about moose, you have to, that's a big factor in these races, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. They're very stubborn. And if there's, if there's any kind of like a trail, the moose will like to use it. Hmm. And these are massive animals where you're not going to, like a, like a deer, you can scare it away where it will make you move before uh, it will move for you. So, uh, and the cold is always an issue. You don't know what's going to happen. I mean, there's stories out there. You may have to bivy in your, your sleeping bag for a, a day or for hours because of, who you knows the wind or the, uh, the extreme temperatures or various factors. And so, so there's a lot of. Yeah. What's the average finish time for the Iditarod? I didn't even ask you that. Like, what are you expecting to be? Oh, the 350, um, you know, you have 10 days to do it in. Okay. So you can imagine you're, you know, 10 days, it seems a lot, especially when you're typically running a hundred miles and, you know, sub 24 hours. But of course you are bringing all your gear with you. Yeah. uh, And also you are going through snow and all the conditions. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you're having to stop sleep. Yeah, you know, exactly. eat and all the all the things. Yeah, God. All right, man. Well, uh, I think anything else going on in your life? I wanted to ask you. You seem to stay healthy, not get injured. I haven't seen you post on any injuries. Oh. <laughs> you do pretty good with that. I, I yeah, I try to. Um, you know, I think we're all when anyone who does high mileage, you know, you're always on the break of being injured in some ways or another. Uh, I don't lift heavy anymore okay. at the gym. Uh, is because I, I found that I was hurting my back or I hurt my leg or some sort, even though I was slowing the train down and won't stop. But so I typically now do high reps and weights, like a uh, bench press, 95 pounds. That doesn't seem like a lot, yeah. <laughs> which isn't a lot, but if you start doing reps of 20, yeah. it, you know, it gets, it's tiring. You feel the burn. And so, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's good that you, 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 you managed cause you've been putting in a lot of races and stuff and, and to stay healthy. Um, and, and so, um, I've been always, I've been forgetting to ask with uh, a lot of our, uh, guests, but, uh, you said something about your, your, your trail shoes. And I asked you last time, but I'm curious to know what, how things that might've changed. What, what trail shoes are you wearing? Yeah. I've been doing Hoka, um, okay. Spiegel's mainly, but it's, it's kind of interesting about, uh, Right now, with this pandemic and supply chain issues, I've been looking for some waterproof shoes. Yeah. And they're actually really hard for trail shoes. Um, it's very hard to find them right now. Extremely yeah. hard. And so uh, That's interesting. Uh, I, I, may, I may be switching brands very quickly here. <laughs> Ultra's got some good ones. <laughs> I know. I know. I, mean, uh, I was thinking about that. I mean, 
definitely look out there. In so, fact, in fact, when we when we get off the air, I'll, I'll show you some that are about to come out that are not really? yet. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no, that's cool. And and uh, which uh, which GPS watch are you wearing? Oh, I'm using the Garmin. Uh, okay. One of their latest latest ones that uh, yeah. yeah I, typically for these winter races, you can't have a, a watch on you because of um, even the camp. You can't ever take your gloves your gloves off. Yeah. And if the, one of the camp counselors or the race director sees you with the gloves off, you get scolded and you could be risking your of course spot in the, in the yeah. race. Um, because if you touch a piece of metal and you're, is that cold, you will get frostbite right away. Gotcha. Um, and so, so you get used to doing everything with gloves on, which is true. The first few days is extremely hard. So you like, feel you're all thumbs. Yeah, yeah. Everything was hard, but you need to slowly get used to it and get better at it. So, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I figured you weren't wearing it for the for the cold, you know, during the cold because it would, you know, freeze it or freeze you. Um, hey, what do you do? You eat differently uh, for the for the Iditarod than than for your regular hundreds or? Well, I, one mistake I made um, last year winter, I had a lot of freeze dried um, food. Uh, okay. At camp, you can plop down in the middle of the day and boil snow and put that freeze-dried food in and eat it and kind of enjoy it, enjoy it for 30 or 40 minutes. But when, And I had all these packages with me for the race, which was heavy. Yeah. And then I realized that you're not stopping, really, you know, when you're trying to maintain a pace to yeah. maybe, in my case, catch up or stay with someone else. So you typically want uh, like nuts or something you can quickly grab, like fuel put in you. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm definitely going to be doing things a little different this coming year. And Got so, you. And, and, um, and, one, one small plug for the, the race is they have a great um, tracking system. It's kind of like the Triple Crown from the standpoint. You can see the athletes and see the profile picture. You can see where they're on the trail. You can see how far off a trail they go. And it was interesting. You can have um, – be off the trail and no one's coming to get you. The race director's not coming, but you is your responsibility to find, realize it and get yourself back there. Right. So um, it's kind of fun to watch the athletes um, and you can send them, send them messages and see other people's chat messages in it. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, even the, you know, the triple crown, cause they're watching you, they'll come to get yeah. you. You got eight stations with all this food, but it's yeah. still 200 something miles. Yes. But this is, this is, this is a whole other, you know, like you said, it's survival. You know, you got to have survival skills because you're putting yourself in a tough, tough situation where you've got to take care of you. Yeah. It's kind of amazing from the, like, you know, as you know, when you're these long, long races, you need fuel, you're eating food, right? Yeah. That food goes somewhere, right? Especially when it's 200 miles or, or longer. And then when you throw a temperature in there, that could be windshield of negative 30, negative 40 degrees what do you do when you got to go? And so it's kind of the creativity is kind of uh, <laughs> to get through the smallest little problems is pretty, pretty incredible by some of these athletes. And so I was debating whether to ask you that or not. Like, <laughs> how do you go to the bat? Like, I don't know, man, you know what stuff yeah, freezing uh, off or, you know, whatever. It's just... it is amazing from like the, you have a, um, a, a plastic bottle, right. You know, and uh, whatever your favorite brand is. And, you know, you could be crawling your a sleeping bag and of course go number one in that. And then you, they recommend is using that bottle then to as for heat, <laughs> holding on to it, right? <laughs> Not to, you know, to enjoy that heat for a little bit, little bit. And then, uh, you got to dump it before it freezes over and, or you'd be carrying with you a block of ice. And so, oh, man, yeah. yeah, actually, uh, you know, a rookie mistake I made was I had a, uh, insulated hydration pack. You know, it's insulated. Um, yeah. And you, what you do is you put it next to your skin because you want your body heat to keep that warm enough to uh, yeah. to not freezing. And then you put all your your um, maybe middle uh, midway layer over it, your outer layer on top of that, your jacket on top of that. But you got to be sure you blow that water out of that hose fully, or it will freeze on you. And uh, I must at one part didn't fully blow it all back into the pack. Yeah. And it froze. I couldn't get any water out of it. Yeah. And so after a while, you just pretty much hiking along with a block of ice on your back <laughs> and you can't get it off because it's so cold. You have too many layers on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I've, I've experienced one time running in Kansas. In fact, the same where you did the uh, rails to trails, it yeah. got super cold when I was running it the first year. And my, my, I had my, my tube outside, you know, I just yeah. had a regular pack and it, it kept freezing. So I'd have to tuck the tube against my skin to melt it, to be able to drink, but I never had the whole, the whole bladder thing. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy, man. Right. So uh, where are your big goals? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you always have these big plans yourself and I'm always interested in. Yeah, man. Well, so, so for next year, um, I am going, I'm going back to, to Tahoe. I'm going to yep. do, so Tahoe is going to be kind of my, it's going to be my a race. Uh, right. after that, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm also put in for Leadville for after that and, um, going to be putting in for one other race to see, you know, like you said, it's hard to get in. I'm hoping I can get into to Leadville now. Cause I did the 50. Um, oh, nice. yeah. And so, uh, and, and I've talked to some people cause, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just try to, whatever it gets, it's weird, yes. but you know, I'm, ho- I'm hoping to get in. I'm also uh, putting in for, uh, the other one is uh, high lonesome. Uh, that's another oh, one I'd really like to do. And yeah. so, um, but my goal is going to be go back. I want to go back to Tahoe um, because when the year I did it, we did it the the opposite direction from normal. Okay. I want to go do it the other direction. And it's going to be during the summer. Yes. It's um, it's perfect for me working in education, man. I, and right. so we're going to go and then spend some time after, you know, at Tahoe, man. It's going to be yeah, awesome. That's great. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's uh, yeah. I knew you were doing Tahoe, and it's uh, it's it'll be your second time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So two different experiences. Yeah, and, and also your, you know, it's time has passed too between the races. So. Right, it's been 2018, and 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 then I have some, I have some, uh, you know, the following years, I'll, I'll have some redemption at some other races. So right. I've got some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some races take couple tries. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back to, I need to get back to, to Moab and, uh, um, redeem myself. And then, and then maybe the next year, Bigfoot, we'll see, but, uh, you know, just, well, I don't know. get into uh, Leadville. I mean, I, I did it this past summer Yeah, and uh, to be completely honest, you know, I didn't know why people go back to Leadville's race time mm-hmm. year after year and maybe do it for like five years or 10 years. And I didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, now having experienced it yeah i can see that you know it was just a great you know the great town um a great race and they i love it like you don't get your buckle when you cross that finish line i didn't know that yeah. and they're crossing where's and, my buckle yeah that's the first thing most people <laughs> say right like i want my buckle i did all 100 miles i got this collection going and yeah. and you actually go to the award ceremony and there's actually yeah. a legit award ceremony and you hear people and is very passionate and it just is, is, was a well done race, you know? Yeah. I, I'm looking for, it was, it was neat being, I, I love the whole area, um, yeah. you know, and when I went to the, the 50 mile, I got to spend some time out there camping and, and just, uh, hiking and we uh we did the 50 mile and we went hike hope pass the next day and i was like oh that's gonna be hard after you know so many miles under your, <laughs> under your uh yeah. your legs um but uh but yeah that's it's the challenge you know that's why we we do what we do so right yeah so we'll Definitely. see hopefully that's one of them i got got on my list and uh Good. yeah and so hey are you um are you like putting in every year for western states are you st- trying to get in uh, I did put in this year. Uh, okay. It hasn't really been my big desire to just because, you know, it's just discouraging, right? You know, yeah. to all, a lot of these big races is very discouraging. Like, even if you have a resume, you, you feel like you put in the work in and you deserve a spot, you may not get it. And so, not yeah. um, um, is probably not, you know, you asked about goals earlier. Yeah. Um, I will say Western states. Yeah. Who would not do that? Yeah, I would love yeah. to do it. You know, I know you've done it, but, uh, I is not what I'm counting on. Right. Um, I, I kind of, I, uh, our friend Jeremy, um, got me into climbing 14ers and knew yeah. back in, he did that summer of 2019 and I, I really enjoy it. I mean, yeah. it's so, and that's why I go to Colorado throughout the summer and I just, I'm trying to, get like a handful of new 14ers every, every summer. And I really enjoy it. And I'm so amazed the, you know, you spend all day climbing and get to the top of 14 or everyone is different in some way. Yeah. And at times you, you see these little kids up there and you're like, how, you're totally <laughs> exhausted. how did they get up there? It's, yeah. it's just a neat, you know, neat activity for, for everyone. Um, yeah. I really enjoy it. And so, 
Um, my girlfriend likes doing one a year. And so uh, we t- I try to pick one out and, uh, and we just have a, a great time. And I think last summer I made did 13 of them. Or nice. 14. And nice. so I'm hoping uh, I found a pl- place to uh, sell down for the summer. And I, I'm hoping to do a few more this, this coming year. Nice. So. I've only done uh, five and uh, I'd, I'd like to be able to spend, I'm hoping like this summer I can go spend some more time out there and, you know, text, yeah. you know, just it's yeah, like you said, man, it's you get up there and it's and like, you, you know, you just work your butt off, but you get up and you, the view and you're like, yeah, worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. You know? It's, so yeah, I'm hoping to maybe, maybe I can join y'all on some, man. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's uh yeah. Well, man, uh, I'm, Looking forward to you doing the Iditarod. Love following along with, with all that you're doing. And it, it's funny because like sometimes I don't know you're at a race and I see your post and I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was doing yeah. that. And he's like, all right, cool. But uh, man, keep keep doing what you're doing. It's uh, It inspires me. And, um, you know, us, us older guys need to, you know, just keep showing we can do some stuff. <laughs> exactly. And so, well, thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully have a good race report when it's all said and done. <laughs> all right. Sounds good, brother. We'll talk again Great. soon. Thank you. 